don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And I am back with the Story Times for the next few weeks. Burr, 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 burr. We, we still don't have a soundboard. No, we people. don't. So, Never going to get one. <laughs> if you um, listen to my previous Story Times, I've been on like a, a spiel, I guess. So if you've listened to my previous Story Time episodes, which you better. I have been talking about some haunted places. Um, I did the top 10 haunted places in the United States. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about five haunted places around the world. Okay. I found a list and I just kind of pulled from this list. They're not like the top five. According to the list that Kirsten found. We're going this by that again. is the list. Okay. Oh my gosh. We're doing this again. Yes. Um, there was, like, a list of, like, 30 or something like that. And oh, I just, dope. like, went through and, like, picked some. Like, you know. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, the first one we're going to talk about is... How do you pronounce it? Bangar Fort. Nice. In India. I probably pronounced that so wrong. You tried. But I tried. So, it was built in 17th century. Um, it is Indian... Indianas? No. <laughs> no, honey. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Indias. <laughs> no. I don't think anywhere in Indiana has that. No, no, no. We have Crawfordsville. <laughs> Crawfordsville. And Fishers. Indianapolis. And, yeah, and Fort Wayne and Gary. Gary. Dude, Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Bedford, Bloomington. We got... Where else? But they don't need to know. I Moving think there's on. like a Paris, Indiana. Probably. Yeah. Shelbyville. Yeah, Shelbyville. 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 Pen- Pendleton. Nobody says Pendleton. Pendleton. It's Pendleton. Anyways. Anyways. India's Bangar Fort is thought to be the most haunted place in all of India, causing the local populace to build a town away from the abandoned military installation and outlaw anyone from entering the grounds after sunset. Dang it. I wanted to go. I know. So, technically, it's actually a small city with temples, palaces, and multiple gates. The sprawling grounds cover a swath of land at the foot of a picturesque mountain, but according to locals, all is not well in the well-preserved grounds. A number of legends regarding the lonely historical buildings exist, but two stand out above the rest. One legend speaks of a holy man who lived in the area of the fort and built a house which he did not want any other house to eclipse, warning that should the shadow of any taller building ever touch his abode, he would destroy the entire fort city, which he assumedly did. The second prominent legend involves involves a curse that was laid on the city by a mythical wizard as he was killed by a woman, he had just tried to magically dose. Interesting. As he was crushed by a boulder, he cursed the city to be destroyed. Destroyed? <laughs> <I can't laughs> Struggling. <talk. laughs> destroyed 
And sure enough, a marauding man soon sacked the fort, killing each and every resident. Wow. If you are considering visiting Bonguerre Fort, then you will have to go during the daytime. In fact, one of the departments of government of India has prohibited entry between sunset and sunrise. Like, it's literally illegal. Wow. The Archaeological Survey of India has a sign that notices visitors of this rule. The signboard simply says, quote, It is strictly prohibited to enter the borders of Bangar before sunrise and after sunset. Legal action would be taken against those who do not follow these instructions. It seems to be warning visitors to stay away during the dark. There is a local saying that if you do enter this area, you will not come out. <laughs> these fanciful tales may seem outlandish, but the stories were so pervasive that the entire fort city was abandoned and the citizens established a whole new city nearby. Bangara. Bon- yes. Sure. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to pronounce it. Today, the abandoned buildings are remarkably well-preserved and available to be visited during daylight hours, of course. They offer guided sunset yoga at the platforms of the temples. That would be cool. That would be cool. But they finish before sunset. Right. I mean, it should be pretty cool. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is Port Arthur, Australia. From 1833 until 1877, Port Arthur was the destination for those deemed the most hardened of convict criminals. Rebellious personalities from other convict stations were also sent there. In addition, Port Arthur... I'm going to stumble over that word so many times. Port Arthur... We know you want to be an author, Arthur. Kirsten. I know. Okay. It just looks weird. You don't Arthur. have to bang it into our heads. Sorry. All right? Port Arthur had some of the strictest security measure- <laughs> measures <laughs> of the British penal system. Port Arthur was one example of the separate prison typology, sometimes known as the model prison. Mm. The prison was completed in 1853, but then extended in 1855. Can I just say something real quick? Why is it always the prisons that are haunted? Because it's got bad vibes. Bad vibes. People be killing people in prison and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Should sketch. The layout of the prison was fairly symmetrical. It was a cross shape with exercise yards at each corner. The prisoner wings were each connected to the surveillance core of the prison as well as the chapel in the center hall. From this surveillance hub, each wing would could be clearly seen, although individual cells could not. This is how the separate prison at Port Arthur differed from the original theory, theory of the pan... pan- Panopticon. Yeah, that word. I can't English today. Panopticon. What she said. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Number. What she said. What she said. The separate prison system also signaled a shift from physical punishment to psychological pus- punishment. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm leaving this all I think in we there. We just need to trash this episode completely. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you can do it. 
The hard corporal punishment, such as whippings, used in other penal stations, was thought to only serve to harden criminals and did nothing to turn them from their immoral ways. For example, food was used to reward well-behaved prisoners and as punishment for troublemakers. As a reward, a prisoner could receive larger amounts of food or even luxury items such as tea, sugar, and tobacco. As punishment, the prisoners would receive the bare minimum of bread and water. Under this system of punishment, the silent system was implemented in the building. Here, prisoners were hooded and made to stay silent. This was supposed to allow time for the prisoner to reflect upon the actions which had brought him there. Many of the prisoners in the separate prison developed mental illness from the lack of light and sound. This was an unintended outcome, although the asylum was built right next to the separate prison. In many ways, Port Arthur was the model for many of the penal reform movements. Despite the shipping, housing, and slave labor, slave labor use of convicts being as harsh or worse than other stations around the nation. Port Arthur was also the destination for juvenile convicts, receiving many boys, some as young as nine. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. The boys were separated from the main convict population and kept on Point Pure, the British Empire's second boys' prison. Like the adults, the boys were used in hard labor such as stone cutting and construction. There are many spooky tours around Port Arthur to satisfy worldly ghost hunters. The town is filled with reports of paranormal activity, which makes sense given its creepy past. Here, five or six century old ghosts are said to reappear to tourists and locals alike, and some blurred specters captured on film are displayed for the skeptical. So there's nice. a lot of, a lot of um, bad behind it, mm-hmm. which cost some hauntings. Yeah, for sure. So now we're going to talk about the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. Have you heard of the the Queen Mary? Mm-hmm. I didn't go into the history of it because there's literally so much history behind oh my God. it. Yeah. So I just just gonna kind of talk about the gist of it. I'm pretty sure Zach Bagans went there. So did Sam and Colby. Of course. Yeah. Love that. They went there like three times or something like that. That's cool though. Yeah. So, following Queen Mary's permanent docking in California, claims were made that the ship was haunted. So, Queen Mary was a ship in England, mm-hmm. um, and once it was retired, they docked it in California, Right, basically. In 2008, Time Magazine included the Queen Mary among its top 10 haunted places. One of the staterooms is alleged to be haunted by the spirit of a person supposedly murdered there. The Queen Mary Hotel promotes suite room B340, a former third-class cabin, as notoriously haunted. Queen Mary also operates a number of commercial tours that include haunted attraction experiences, such as Dark Harbor, which operates during the Halloween season, the Haunted Encounters Tour, and Ghosts and Legends Tour, promoted as featuring terrifying original stories and characters based on the ship's well-known paranormal tales so it's a hotel like you can go stay there that's cool center for inquiry fellow joe nickel attributes the queen mary's haunting legends to pareidolia 
illusory, illusory, illusory. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't even sound like a word. I'm pretty sure. Uh, mental images triggered by subjective feelings and daydreaming states commonly experienced by workers, such as hotel staff doing repetitive chores. According to skeptic Chris Purley, recordings of disembodied voices by ghost hunters are merely ordinary voices being carried through thinly constructed, weight-saving ship walls. So he's trying to say that, like, it's all fake. Yeah. Purley began working as a tour guide on the Queen Mary in 2015 and revised the Haunting Encounters tour script to counter various legends and stories with facts drawn from the ship's logs, such as records of documented fatalities. One legend claims that a little girl haunts the first and second class pools. However, Pearlie found that no deaths were recorded in either pool. Another legend is that two daughters murdered by their father in 1959 haunt room B-474 and the surrounding corridors. However, Pearlie's research revealed that the room was originally two second-class cabins before the ship's conversion in 1967-71, to and the murder-suicide actually took place in Roanoke, Virginia in 1964 and not aboard the ship. Interesting. I feel like people can manifest stuff, though. Yeah. Like, if there is, like, a legend and a lot of people believe in it and they're constantly manifesting this mm-hmm. thing, like... Then it could happen. That yeah. That could be real, yeah. So he's just trying to, like, prove everything wrong. Right, but, like, he's not taking into account, mm-hmm. like, the spirituality yeah. portion of it. Like, And, like, just because it didn't happen, like, in those rooms at that time doesn't mean that a ghost tr- didn't travel to those rooms. Yeah. And, like, that's where they're staying now. Right. Like, if a ghost just decided to come in this room and, like, haunt this room. Right. It, I mean, you just They didn't have never to die know. in this room. Yeah, no. So, next, we're going to talk about Casa Loma in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Casa Loma, in proper Spanish for Hill House, is a Gothic Revival castle-style mansion and garden in Midtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada, that is now a historic house museum and landmark. It was constructed from 1911 to 1914 as a residence for fancier Sir Henry Pellet. The architect was E.J. Lennox, who designed several other city landmarks. Casa Loma sits at an elevation of 140 meters, or 460 feet, above sea level, 66 meters, or 217 feet, above Lake Ontario. Due to its unique architectural character in Toronto, Casa Loma has been a popular filming location for movies and television such as X-Men, Stage Brew, Chicago, The Tuxedo, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Warehouse 13, Crimson Peak, Twitches, Twitches 2, The Pacifier, and Titans. It was also, I thought this was cool, it was also temporarily transformed into Hogwarts for the release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, as well as the Beast's Castle for Disney's 2017 live-action Beauty and the Beast remake. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Oh, it's so good. And Belle was, like, one of my favorite princesses. You need to watch it. It's so good. I'll definitely give it a watch when I'm at school. I think it's funny that 
Emma Watson. She plays mm. Belle. I could see it, though. Yeah, but Belle's French, and mm. Emma Watson is English. Right. Playing a, fr- playing a French character. Yeah. Yeah. And putting on, like, a an American accent. Does she have right. an American accent in it? I think she does. I don't know. I bet it's, like, just weird. Interesting. Anyway. It is also a popular venue for wedding ceremonies, and Casa Loma can be rented in the evenings after the museum closes to the public. From strange apparitions to spooky voices and unseen grabbing hands... Grabbing hands? I said <laughs> that weird. Unseen grabbing hands... Casa Loma has more than its share of ghost stories. Staff and guests at the historic castle have shared enough stories of seeing a mysterious lady dressed in white, hearing the mutters and sighs of a crotchety man near the stables, or having other paranormal experiences that it has gained a reputation as a supernatural hotspot. There have been plenty of Casa Loma ghost stories that pop up from time to time, such as the appearance of a man tending to the garden in the indoor conservatory, or the sound of children's voices when no children are around. A few stories, however, are reported time and time and time again by different people. The most common sighting is the white lady, who typically appeared on the second floor, but who has recently been seen in the basement. A worker says the white lady is someone we believe to be a maid who worked here in the early 1900s, around the time when about 60,000 people in Toronto died of influenza. She has been seen a lot of, in a lot of places by guests or by cleaning or cafeteria staff as they've been cleaning up at the end of the day. Some have also reported sightings of Sir Henry Pellet, who originally commissioned the construction of Casa Loma, and his wife, Lady Mary Pallet, who he built the castle for. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of stories there. A lot of hauntings. Yeah. I'll uh, post pictures of all these places on our social media, but it literally looks like a castle. That's cool. It's so cool. So the last one we're going to talk about is Poveglia, Venice, Italy. In the South Lagoon between Venice and Lido sits the small Italian island of Paveglia that for centuries has been a refuge, stronghold, place of exile, and a dumping ground for the deceased, dying, and, oh, sorry, diseased, dying, and deceased. Deceased, dying, and dece- deceased. Yes. I couldn't even say that. <laughs> yeah. See? In 421, that's a weird year. Dude, I totally thought it was going to say 1421, and then you said 421. I was like... No, 421. Oh, my God. 420. I know. One above. (laughs) Dang. Uh, We almost had a good joke. Paveglia welcomed its first inhabitants. Men, women, and children who fled the barbaric invaders that had ravaged the mainland. Its relatively small size made the island defendable and not worth the trouble of invading armies. For centuries, this small community lived in peace and avoided the laws and taxes of the mainland. Their population dwindled, however, and by the 14th century, the island was once again abandoned. In 1348, the bubonic plague arrived in Venice and Paveglia, like many other small islands, became a quarantine colony. The plague killed one out of three Europeans. That's insane. Yeah. Fearing... The unbridled spread of the disease, Venice exiled many of its symptom-bearing citizens there. 
it was clearly a death sentence. At the island center, the dead and those too sick to protest were burned on giant pyres. This included the tens of thousands of Venice citizens dying on the mainland. These fires would burn once more in 1630 when the Black Death again swept through the city. Long after the fires were extinguished, Napoleon's military campaign relied on the island's ghostly legends and defendable position to protect stores of gunpowder and weapons. In the late 1800s, the area's mentally ill resided in an asylum in Puveglia. The asylum was poorly constructed and was used as a place of exile rather than rehabilitation. There are rumors that in the 1930s, a doctor performed strange experiments on the patients here. Eventually, the doctor went mad and threw himself from the asylum's tall bell tower. Though the bell tower, though the bell in the tower was removed decades ago, locals still claim to hear its chimes echo from the lonely island. By the mid-20th century, the facility was converted into a geriatric center, and then that closed in 1975. Today, the entire island is abandoned. Locals and tourists are prohibited from visiting, and fishermen steer clear of the accursed place. In recent years, Italian construction crews attempted to restore the formal hospital building, but abruptly stopped without explanation, leaving locals to speculate that they were driven away by the island's dark forces. Yikes. I mean, considering all the people that died and were burned there... Yeah. ...doesn't surprise me. Yeah, me either. And that's... I mean, it's crazy that, like, people are prohibited from going to this island because of how haunted it is. Yeah. Some shit must have I'm not surprised, down. though. Yeah. Some shit must have went down, like, the tens of thousands of bodies. No, I mean, like, down. after that, like, ghost-wise. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, some shit's probably happened for sure so they're like just don't go at all yeah but that's all i got for you guys today um i hope you enjoyed listening to these places if you have any other places that you want me to cover any other places in any other countries um you can dm us on our social medias the link will be in the show notes below um go check out our patreon the link will also be in the show notes below um and that's it Thanks for listening. Bye.